Support for our show comes solely from listeners like yourself. If you like what we're doing, help us by sharing the pod on social media and leaving us a five-star review, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Thanks again for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone. This is Andrew Sparr, president of the Florida Education Association. As a music teacher and advocate for our public schools, I know the importance of having a unified, powerful voice. Without our union, we could not speak up for our profession and for every student that enters our classrooms. Hey guys, welcome back to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brendan Pickett. I'm the FBA Director and Fire Coacher here at PCTA. I am Kelsey Donegan. I am a ninth and 10th grade English teacher at St. Petersburg High. I'm Philip Belcastro, PCTA Fire Co-Chair. I'm Dr. Anna Margiata, and I am a AP Chemistry teacher at St. Pete High. And we're here today to talk about our last school board episode of the calendar school year for, well, afternoon. There is actually a 10 a.m. coming up in May, but who goes to those, right? So this is our finale, really, if we're looking at it. We started with a school board episode, and we're going to... This is our that third. Is yeah, our third together. We're going to have a third school board episode. So we brought the hobbits together. We have Frodo, <laughs> Sam, Mary, and Pippin, and we're going to talk about what we were looking at there. And the listener has to guess who's who. Yes. <laughs> well, I think we already established that I'm a Baggins. I'm a bit... Uh, yeah, you're Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo I'm Baggins. waiting for second <laughs> breakfast right now. <laughs> <laughs> Getting us started, I want to get us looking at basically what was this school board meeting all about? I felt... Super quick. Yeah, I, I it felt, was so mm-hmm. short. Like when we were done, I was like, "Oh my gosh, really? I was wow, like, that's it." Well, yeah. comparatively, the last one went to almost ten p.m. Yeah. When did we leave this one? What was it like? Eight. But Eight-ish, I felt yeah. the actual business part was like mm-hmm. that was rapid fire. They did the, do that quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The longest part was actually just public comment. Yeah, and yep. it was. They said at the beginning, thirty-three people signed up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, I heard from. Uh, the Stop Moms for Liberty Pinellas Facebook group, shout out. Um, they said it was 44, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then over 60 people attended the meeting. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, hey, if you went to the meeting, thanks for coming out. It's amazing. Yeah, and even though teachers can't go to the the 10 a.m. ones, if you can go to the 10 a.m. one in May, you should. I just want to say, looking back, every time someone spoke and we agreed with it, it was so cool to see the entire room put their hands up and like shake them. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. Like, yeah. it was, I think it was, yeah, it was all pro teacher. It was all pro. It was yeah. all pro teacher. Well, I was thinking the first one that I ever went to, probably before we started doing the podcast, I mean, it was easy to find a seat and they were, they weren't really well attended. But since, since we started going and kind of rallying people and community groups, it's you know you if you come late if you come like at 5 15 5 30 you, you need to find seats there's there aren't a lot it sucks because i like coming up late yeah <laughs> oh, well we we're working and we have to drive in yeah. rush hour traffic to get up there i gotta go to the berg and get a raft right. you know? <laughs> shout out to the berg shout out to the berg shout out to the berg so going into what the business was right because they did meet for a reason we got to talk about why did they meet and mm-hmm. i took i took notes i believe dr anna took some notes we talked about buses for buses. a while and i think even philip took notes but yeah, my my notes are wonderful. I, I will read some of them later. <laughs> I'm illiterate. Yeah. And then Donigan, yeah, he was Sorry. grading. I remember things. You were grading. Oh, I was grading the whole yeah, time. You, you win. You win. Yeah, that is true. 
So yeah, I guess this is gonna be a me and Anna conversation at first. We can break it out. So what was this meeting about? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I wrote down some things that Haim said at the end. It seemed like when she was trying to wrap things up and like make a statement saying that like bus stops are changing and we are going to have to deal with this and we are gonna do our best to have as early like early communication about it and she that was her deal. Yeah, and not just, it's not all bus stops, I think, for those of us listening are actually curious about this. I'm going to go into detail a little bit. They're only changing the arterial bus stops. So to explain that, let's say you're getting bussed in from like across the county for like a magnet program, right? So if I live in uh, Pinellas Park and I want to go to St. Petersburg High School, I would take an arterial road bus stop probably because I live far away. So those are changing. They're trying to like basically condense these stops and have fewer stops that are actually more impactful for the area. Looking at, I don't know. You work for the city. Yeah, I think. Well, I think what they said is they they currently have like three hundred bus stops and they want to take them down to like between seventy and ninety, which is a huge reduction. And she said that parents will will may have to drive their students to the bus stop because right. they will be because of that they'll be a little bit further away yeah i'm not saying the good old days were all bad but like when i was a kid my parents did have to drive me to a bus stop it wasn't I, right i had to walk to it eventually but it was like a good 20 minute walk so oh, my, really yeah my parents used to drive me to it i mean i didn't i didn't grow up here my bus my bus stop down here was my bus route in Florida had literally two stops in the same subdivision because it was just full of kids. Mm-hmm. So everybody on the bus knew each other from the neighborhood. Um, they also talked a lot about combining the middle school and high school in a couple scenarios. It was the East Lake High School and Middle School and Bay Point High School and Middle School. They were combining the bus routes. Absolutely. They were gonna they're gonna combine East Lake Middle with East Lake High. Makes sense. They're actually in the same location. And they're going to combine Bay Point Middle with Lakewood, which if you know the area, they're pretty close together as well, which means you're going to have high schoolers riding with middle schoolers. Now, that could be an issue. And I think that's fair to look at it. But they did say they're going to have assistants sitting on these buses to make sure there's no tomfoolery. Mm -hmm. Um, That also means the middle schools are going to start wicked early. And the start times for um, East Lake Middle is going to be 725. (sighs) And Bay Point Middle is at... 715 st pete high doesn't start till 725 somebody did ask the uh like the assistant or deputy superintendent if there are schools that do that already and he said there are a couple that do it Mm -hmm. and i don't know how much of an issue that really is because the school that i did go to in florida was our bus route was mixed it did have middle and high school and it was fine so i don't do parents have an issue with that i think they do and i i was thinking about that at the meeting i'm like wait don't like more rural areas just have like one bus is one yeah <laughs> well, yeah there were two people who spoke during the agenda item comments and one of them was one of the moms um and she talked about how she was worried about students standing in the dark and middle mm-hmm. school girls being around 17 year old boys was like something that she like that's specifically definitely a boy's problem out. though like, <laughs> like like the boys should be taught how to control themselves yeah no, no yeah that no. was what the mom was saying like complaining about and then like one of the things i think i can't remember which member it was it might have been cook or long um said that we are responsible for the student's safety once they're on the bus. And mm-hmm. if these parents are also, I mean, she said it a little bit nicer than this, but if the parents are really so concerned about this, you should figure something out at the bus stops. If you are worried about 
the safety, you can organize something among your community and have people there uh, every day if you if you mm-hmm. are worried about that. Uh, I but, think figure it out is pretty good sometimes to hear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not always the best thing to hear, but in this case, yeah, figure it out, dude. Yeah. This is not a real problem. She did make a really good point about the kids waiting in the dark now because that we did have that child who was unfortunately killed. And look out. I'm going to side with the Moms for Liberty for a second here because I looked up this bill that everyone kept talking about, the Senate Bill uh, 1112 and House Bill 733. This bill is going to be enacted in 2026. The earliest start time for a middle school will be 8 a.m. And the earliest high school start time will be at 8.30. So if you're thinking about it the way I'm thinking about it here, the district's actually working against these bills, which are about to be passed through the Senate and House. So I do see how this is conflicting. I don't like later start times for schools, but I see how it's beneficial to kids. And it, is. it would be a huge benefit to kids. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on the side of the moms in this one. I don't think yeah. early start times for middle schoolers is a good idea. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this in my class as, as part of debates and stuff that it's been historically proven that these start times are just completely not good it, <laughs> yeah for there's so much empirical evidence to yeah. show that yeah they perform some of their brains aren't right fully working till like 9 or 10 a.m mm-hmm. i think i read a study that even said that teenagers work better at like night like mm-hmm. going way late into the night like yep. they they just had their brains are running until that time early morning they're just they're not even alive it feels like and yeah. if you can see it just walking to my classroom i know we know this every o'clock. single day yeah. like nobody is even active until around fourth period which is like what it's almost 11 isn't it uh fourth period like 10 o'clock i think yeah if you're in my first period and you're listening to this we are still discussing macbeth tomorrow don't (laughs) don't get me i just do think we yeah we probably should start later so that was really the biggest issue and Um, like underlying the whole thing was like the unspoken bus driver shortage um thank you yeah yeah we were talking about like having to figure out all these routes and everything and that was to address the issue of not having enough bus drivers and that was one of the things that i brought up when i went up there to talk i was basically saying like i don't know what it's like to be a bus driver and i hope you guys think about that and maybe one of the things that we could do to address this problem is make being a bus driver a better you know path to go on um and then it would help with the whole route issue if we had more bus drivers obviously mm-hmm. one um, thing that cracked me up about that right because we, we're all thinking that we're all thinking yes because there's no bus drivers because they don't pay bus drivers mm-hmm. you can get the same license what's the license to drive a bus you know have that top there? Like a cdl cdl yeah. that license you can take that and go be a trucker right and make actual money mm-hmm. yep right so <laughs> I'm going to back away from my mom for liberty support here, right? Ready? The one thing they said, one of the main moms, I call her main mom, she's always there. Um, she suggested contracting out. But I think that should be looked at in a different way. I would suggest looking to contract out at this point, because as the gentleman said earlier, you've been trying to solve it all year so far, and it has not been solved. It's still a major problem. So um, I would I would highly recommend you look to contract out to expand additional transportation ability to get these kids to and from school on time. Like, okay, to contract out- To this Uber? Re- to, this requires <laughs> money. Like, I, they don't understand the issue at all. It's like, yeah, you want to contract out? Who are you going to hire? 
the lowest bidder, which is like you're going to be endangering children. <laughs> <laughs> my my aunt can try to drive a bus if you want, yeah. and she has no training at all. What do you what do you want? Hey, Contract you know what? out. They're, they want to get rid of teacher licenses. Why don't they get rid of bus driver licenses? And I can go drive a bus without a CDL. I mean, what is it like fifty feet long? I can probably do it. Can you still drive it with a gun? Yeah, drive a bus with a gun, no license. <laughs> no, they have the assistant to hold the gun on the bus while you're driving. So they want to make sure they want to make sure you're not being distracted on the road. Yeah. Um, and they did talk about these assistants, and they talked about them being on the buses that have the high schoolers and the middle schoolers together. But like one of the public speakers did just sort of talk about how like the bus drivers, just the regular old bus drivers who are driving just a group of high schoolers who are in a bus, just them, they have to drive they have to keep the kids safe and they have to keep the kids under control and if we're just gonna like if we have the bus packed like i like what are the other things that we're doing to deal with this problem i imagine that we would probably be putting a lot of students on the bus that this person has to Mm -hmm. like take care of like it's such a big job it's a hard job too i imagine yeah oh yeah and here's the issue that why it's coming up so much is because these kids i have kids on buses who come in school around second period this is a normal occurrence kids aren't coming to school on time oh, yeah and when Constantly. you miss first period consistently right. every single day because your bus doesn't get you to or the bus doesn't show up at all yeah. what's the point it's like what is the point of this student like they're doing their best they're riding the bus they're getting there late and then they miss first period every day why would they care about it And like on our side, too, because we get it constantly every day. There's at least one, usually like two or three buses that are like extremely late. And uh, we'll get these emails. Oh, make sure you mark them bus tardy. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know? I have no idea. They walk in without passes. Some of them just drive to school whenever they feel like it. It's it's impossible to know Mm -hmm. if they came because the bus was late, because they were late, if they were here on campus and just didn't go to class. It's it's impossible to keep track of these kids. And on top of that, you've got the failure of the buses. So even if the buses were working correctly, like our job is so much more difficult. When I was in uh, (laughs) middle school... My group uh, managed to anger the bus driver so much that he drove us into a ditch. We were stuck there for like an hour. Is that a true story? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he did it fully intentionally. He pulled over to yell at us. But the the end result was us in a ditch for an hour. That's pretty cool. Yo, does this guy want a job? (laughs) You are listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brennan Pickett here with Kelsey Donegan, Philip Belcastro, and Dr. Anna Margiata. This is not the school board's problem or issue or responsibility to handle, but I feel like one of the big things that could absolutely help with this problem is good public transportation. Yeah. If we just had reliable, good public transportation... Kids in New York ride the subway to go to school. Kids in all these other cities that have reliable transit can hop on public transportation to go. Maybe not elementary school or middle, even middle schoolers, but high school, absolutely. Reliable what's it? I- <sighs> all right, so moving to our next segment, we're looking closely at why we went to the school board. Why were we there? What were we saying? I talked about, like, I introduced myself. I talked about being a queer person in Florida. I talked about how... Uh, how much they should want me to stay and be a teacher here and how everything in the state, like the way that education is going and the way that we are treating trans people, like it's just really hard to want to stay here. And yeah, so I feel like I need to talk about that every time I'm there. The teacher shortage is real and everything about this state is screaming at me to leave. 
don't y'all want me to stay? Um, I want to feel wanted as a trans person in this state. I want to be able to address my students with the pronouns and names that they prefer. I want my students to feel safe and loved. I want trans children to survive into trans adults. Oh, and one of the other things I mentioned, uh, I'm going to be co-sponsoring the GSA for our high school next year. Um, and I was told that the Moms for Liberty just have a list of the sponsors for GSA clubs, which is like terrifying. It's normal. Yeah. <laughs> just fascist things. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I carried that in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. other things do they have lists of? Knows. I don't know. I just don't want to have a list of any group of. I don't know. I, I I don't see any circumstance in which me having a list of all these people is. Would you have a list of all your favorite ice cream stores? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, there's one list. <laughs> I always like Anna that um, when you go up, you always. I mean, you tout your credentials. You are Doctor Anna. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, you've earned that distinction. You've you've have the the uh, the qualifications for it. So that's when you go up there and you're like, you guys are going to lose an extremely qualified educator. Yeah. Like if they care about the achievement gap and that stuff, like that's like what my deal is. That's like what I researched. I produce like a theory on instructing, like doing chemistry instructing instruction more equitably. Like that's my mm-hmm. deal. Um, so if they care about achievement gaps, like I feel like they should want me to be there. And yeah, so like besides all of that and the trans stuff and the gay stuff, (laughs) I also talked about how like, yeah, we should be more empathetic for bus drivers. And then the uh, but like someone during their comment mentioned Apex and I was like, oh, I have a story just so directly related to this that happened last week. Um, I have a student who's one of our one of our do nothings. Um, He does nothing, Um, Mm -hmm. but he's really smart. And I really I've been trying to get him interested in like. I don't know anything the other day i asked him i went up to him i'm like are you doing the classwork and he told me to be honest i've given up on this class and when i like prodded him a little bit more he was like i i can make it up in apex i made uh, and he like bragged i made uh i made up a whole semester of english in a day um and i told him that made me sad mm-hmm. and uh he told me but i passed the test that's all that matters right this this is it. It's super depressing. It's what they know. Uh, they could do nothing. They can make it up in a day, pass a test here and there, and get pushed through, uh, robbed. It's just like, it is really depressing. I said it's depressing. Like, this is yeah. a thing that we have to deal with all the time. Like, he is a really bright kid, and he is being robbed of an education, mm-hmm. and he doesn't think that he is because he's passing the test, and that's what we value. Yeah. Well, that he's a child. Yeah. You know, he's a child. He's, he, we should be the adults trying to make sure he gets the most out of it. He's just playing the system what it's given to him. It's, right. He's playing the game. Well, this to, to, to make a, a sort of conservative analogy, it's kind of like academic welfare where they know that they can do nothing. That's why we call them do nothings. It's not that they're dumb children. They're not. So, I mean, if we call it academic welfare, it's they, they know that they can literally do nothing and then just pass an entire year's worth of a course in like a few weeks in summer. And I've never taught summer school. Have you have you ever done it, Brennan? Or? I will never teach summer school. Yeah, that's my that's my theory on it. But I don't know anybody who has, but I've taken summer school classes like in college, and I I know that they're not the same level of rigor no. as a year-long course. Yeah. So when you know that you can just flunk English three 
all day every day and then just whatever like watch hunger games or something (laughs) during the summer and be like yeah that's english three i'm good (laughs) i don't really see how that's rigor i don't see how that's really helping anybody except graduation rates they're the academic welfare princesses yeah (laughs) Right, right. Gotta play uh, the whole. Oh, well, it's well, welfare academic princesses, the WAPs. Oh. <laughs> no. All right, no. We pushed the limit with Mook, but we're going to stop there. But I'm a greaseball. I can say it. <laughs> I was watching, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if any of you watch uh, Jarvis Johnson. Um, uh, he's on a podcast on, uh, called the Sad Boys Podcast. Um, but he, he was echoing, or he was talking about a feeling he's had since leaving high school. He's, I think, in his mid to late 20s. And it's something I've heard echoed from a lot of my peers. It's something I felt at times where he got good grades in high school. He figured out the system. He knew the minimal amount of work he had to do to like get good grades and pass. And he, he put the good grade coin into the machine and got the good grade out of the machine and then had very little education behind it. And now he works in finance. (laughs) But I think that is like a lot of us look back and we have a deep regret of like, I could have gotten so much more out of this if I had personally been invested in the education that was being given to me instead of just trying to game the system and get the grade letter so I could move on to the next Mm -hmm. thing. I'm extremely frustrated and annoyed and upset with how the district is kind of pushing south county high schools with this college acceleration course and actually phillips the one that uh, inspired me to do this and then i had a really bad day in class like usual and i was like all right i gotta say something because i don't i never hear anyone talking about it like we all talk about it at school we always talk about it but then when we go to school meeting no one ever mentions it so i was like all right so I gave this speech where I was talking about how it's inappropriate and using a super fan Shannon Vincent's language there. It's inappropriate and it's also criminal. I feel the college acceleration initiative being forced on South County high schools is inappropriate and at times criminal. What I mean by this is that traditional courses such as English three and four are being removed and replaced with either Cambridge ACE programs or AP. Many juniors and seniors are finding themselves without any other options besides a college level course. And then I kind of went into, there's one bullet point that I think connects me to Anna here and I'm gonna. Four, if a student can choose to fail an AP course and retake it as an English three or four credit on Apex in six weeks, why should they come to school at all? Yeah. Why? I mean, these kids are forced into college level courses. I wanna make the audience very very clear here there's no more english three or four at um, south county high schools but they're getting phased away it's like that for a lot of other traditional courses as well so instead of having traditional courses it's only college level so they're putting kids who literally can't read Mm -hmm. into my ap language and composition course and i have to sit there and try to teach them how to read while also say okay now write me three essays in two hours yeah well they string together 10 sentences to tell me no right (laughs) I mean, we we always talk about this because we're English teachers, but I one of my favorite stories is like, I have uh, 17 year olds occasionally in my class who don't know what syllables are. Um, I get kids who are asking me how many sentences are in a paragraph, and this is in a college level international certification class. And I, how much slack are we supposed to pick up? This serves nobody. You say, why do they come to class? Like why, why even come to school? We should be asking ourselves that same question, because if if we're just going to rely on a summer school teacher to basically just redo that work for us, why are we painting a wall if someone's just going to repaint it? 
it doesn't matter it doesn't make any sense yeah um but i mean i'm happy about what i said because at the end of the school board meeting uh, a school member did approach me and give me their phone number they won't actually want to try to fix this so yeah. i feel like i finally did the right cheat code where i, I got to <laughs> go straight to the boss yeah you put in the good grade coin you got the good grade out <laughs> i think one of the things that you said that i don't know if i even realized it fully was that these college level courses are electives yeah. and so the class size oh, amendment yeah. thing didn't apply it doesn't matter at all yeah mm-hmm. yeah it does not matter at all so well, the class size amendment for high school is 24 students in the classroom um phillips can probably say same thing for me mm-hmm. all my classes are over 30 because yeah. they're electives and i went to the principal about this i was like what's going on with that and I'm like oh didn't you know it's not coded as an actual core class it's an elective yeah <laughs> that's hilarious well, I mean, we're we're wrapping up our ACE exams now. So this is the first year we've taught this program. This first year I've taught it at all. It's the first year the students have ever been exposed to it. And we're finishing up our exams. And we had like a, a big, just giant miscommunication about accommodations because the way that ACE was framed to us during the training is that because it is an international certification, because it is something you have to opt into, they're pretty strict with their accommodations. Um, that's not to say they're going to over like ACE Cambridge is going to override state and federal law. But what it amounts to is that there are kids in that class who should have never been placed there to begin with. Um, I even showed one of the school board members. I said, oh, this is an 11th grade essay in an ACE international certification class college level. Um, and it was a drawing. It was a stick figure drawing on my essay paper. It was really pretty, though. Yeah. And as Anna pointed <laughs> out, it is worth a thousand words. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a student who was failed from day one, who would there's just no chance they're ever going to pass that course. I have other kids who are speaking to me in Spanish saying, I don't speak English. How am I supposed to pass this? And I'm like, I don't know. Good question. That's a question they would have asked you on day one when you elected to be in this class, except you didn't. You were put into it. Wait, so. Are you telling me that students used to pick the classes they wanted to be in the following year and like there was a process for this? It wasn't just a guidance counselor putting a gun to their head saying you're going to take AP Lang next year. <laughs> Well, they don't have, <laughs> yes, they don't have the guns yet. Well, I mean, I remember when I was in high school. And They're not you had, loaded. You had to. <laughs> you are listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brennan Pickett here with Kelsey Donegan, Philip Belcastro, and Dr. Anna Margiata. Um, but when I was in high school, you had to get like teacher's approval from stuff. Says, hey, would, is so-and-so capable of being in this class? Be like, no, absolutely not. Do not put them there. So when I first started teaching, they were phasing that away. So when I first started, it was like, all right, so like they don't really need your signature anymore. Like if they want to take an AP class, you don't really matter. (laughs) Okay. I like to know I don't matter. Hey, do you think this kid that never comes to school and can't write two sentences and has handwriting entire pages tall, can they be in AP class? I have opinions about that. (laughs) No, we don't care. Yeah, we're not interested. (laughs) So they phased away that when I first started teaching. And that was just like to gatekeep like honors classes. Then they phase the way the parent kind of and the student kind of interaction with it so it's more just like hey you're 11th grade and these are the courses we have for 11th grade now and they're all college level and you're going to take them and you're going to like it and if you don't like it you're just gonna have to fail yeah and when you fail we're gonna give you apex and you're gonna apex and then you'll get like some mickey mouse gpa yeah it's just so miserable and you're gonna hate school and we're not gonna care that you hate school 
and then you're just going to graduate one day with a piece of paper that's meaningless. Wait a minute, tinfoil hat. Is this a plot to make school all year long and to just keep kids occupied all day, every day, so that they're not out on the streets causing trouble? Is this like the 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 school in the school prison industrial complex? Is that what's happening? And like, I feel like it's important to clarify that we're talking about yeah, the kids who aren't interested in learning at all and don't want to come to class or try. That's not to say there's not a, that's a substantial portion, but it's not to say I don't have a good number of students that I am excited to show up and like mm-hmm. give yeah. a good class to because I know they're going to engage with the material. It's, it's just right. the students who there are some students who are just so hopeless. Yeah. It's just like depressing to try to like even think about trying to get them yeah. back on track. You and, know? and I say this very like cynically, but I genuinely feel bad. And I, I feel yeah. like I make yeah. this clear at, at every point that I can that I don't blame them for being hopeless. I don't blame them for not having passions and interests. They've been beat to death. We're in we're in testing season right now. Mm-hmm. So the very first one kind of out of the gate is ace. So like all of my 11th grade students are taking a- these ace exams. I got 11th and 10th graders all taking ace exams. Monday, they start with fast testing for the 10th graders. Then we go straight into EOCs and AP or AP exams. I mean, they're they're being assaulted with testing. So yeah, I understand why you don't have time to enjoy music, art, dancing, you know, the ones who don't play sports with the school. It's 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 really sad. It's really sad. It's really depressing. At the same time, there's senior week happening this week. Yeah. So like there's no more school school's happening. over. School school's is over. over. Testing is in season. Yeah. It's, it's over. You're not gonna see your kids anymore. And also when they are in your class, they're just one hundred percent checked out. Right. Once yeah. again, your Act Two projects are still due on yeah. Friday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm trying to like still give stuff because it's my job. I mean, I remember this the last two years. I've they're like, "Why are we still here? What are we doing?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." This we're basically just spinning our wheels until the next test. And which one are you taking specifically? Uh, I don't know. It could be AP, it could be EOC. I'm proctoring, so sometimes I'm just disappeared. Like, there's no telling exactly what's going on. I think at our last faculty meeting, they gave us what was it? Three sheets of paper <laughs> with lists of tests. It's there's mm-hmm. three sheets of testing for the next four weeks or five weeks. And Aguilar brought up a good point today too, where he said that there some of the fast testing lines up directly with some of the AP testing. Yeah. Right. On Monday, AP, AP chem tests on Monday. And they pointed that someone asked about that during the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could just like Michelangelo it and like two <laughs> hand, one te- hand for each test at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or Da Vinci. I'm sorry, not Michelangelo. But- Which Ninja Turtle is this? <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, what's it, omnidextrous? I yeah. think when you can write with both hands at yeah. the same time. So like, Philip, yeah. what were you all about when you were at the school board? Um, well, for me, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to get up there and talk about because, again, the school year is kind of over. Um, so with that in mind and knowing that this might be my, my final appearance at the school board because I'm not really sure what I'm doing next year, uh, I did want to touch on positive things. So I did genuinely and sincerely thank the school board for working with Nancy and the PCTA on our, our most recent contract and getting us the pay raise, even though it was very small, um, <laughs> keeping us the, uh, the, you know, the, our health coverage. My name is Philip Belcastro. I have been a teacher in this school district for three years now. As I consider my options for next school year and what to do when the lease on my apartment in St. Pete is up in July, I want to speak tonight on the many positive changes here in Pinellas that I've seen in my short time so far. 
I want to thank the board for working with Nancy Velarde and the PCTA for negotiating our new contract, including a pay raise, and maintaining our level of health coverage. I will always be grateful our state constitutional right, a rare one indeed, to collectively bargain for our union and our members. So I, I just wanted to keep it really, really positive and just... You know, I always want to remind elected officials and and even people here like like site based. Right. We are the taxpayers pay for us. OK, we don't we don't get bonuses for for closing the achievement gap. We don't get those types of, uh, you know, capital bonuses. We are paid by paid for by taxes. Our facilities are paid for by taxes. Our resources are paid for by taxes. And so is the school board. So every parent, every grandparent, every property owning taxpayer here in this county listening needs to know that these people work for you. I work for you and I work for the students. So I always try to remind people that the students are the boss. So I wanted to keep it very positive and say thank you for all the stuff that you've done in case we don't speak again, you know, in case I don't see you um, and just never forget that the, the students are your boss. We work for them. I may yet still choose to leave the state leave the profession, or stay just one more year to see some of my favorite students graduate with the obvious risk of meeting even more new favorite students. Whatever the case, you have my sincerest thank you for what you've done. Continue supporting teachers, continue listening to the community, and continue to be better and the best. And always remember, the students are your boss. It was sort of surprising hearing from you. Like I was like, "Oh, this is really positive coming from Philip." <laughs> it, it sounded it sounded a little bit like a breakup. Even Emily was like, "What's he doing?" <laughs> I was resigning. This is my this is my Lou Gehrig speech. Here's my badge and my gun. A <laughs> uh, quick aside about because we talked about pay for a second and taxes mm-hmm. um, just came out. NEA just released a new report saying that the starting wage for Florida is fifteenth in the nation. For teachers and the average pay is 48th in the nation so the compression is real uh, like <laughs> i mean it's good i know there's a teacher shortage and it's good they're doing i guess something to try to alleviate that but i mean i knew right away when i started and looked at my starting pay i talked to you about what you're being paid right now and you've been teaching six years this is my first year and you do 3de you teach AP courses, and I, I mean, I'm not going to out, but, like, you don't make that much. You do not make a comparative dis like, don't what? I, pay shame me. I, I, I'm st- <laughs> you should be making a lot more compared to what I'm making right now than you are. Thank you, but, I mean, yeah, he's right, though. I, I, he, <laughs> I think I make 2000 more than you. That's a joke. Yeah. And, like, what that does, though, is, like, all right, great. I'm happy this year. I'm going to be happy next year, even though, yes, thank you for the pay raise, but it's still, considering inflation, it's actually a pay cut, Mm -hmm. particularly in this county, particularly in this city. For what incentive do I have to continue to stay? And, like, other than I love my, I really do, I love Mm -hmm. St. Pete, and I'm really grateful to be at St. Petersburg High School. But, like, financially, career-wise... What incentive do I have to stay for 10, 20 years? You, not, you do it for the kids, man. Yeah, join Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. And it's 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 not a St. Pete High thing. I mean, I, all of us love our school. We love our site. It's not even really... I mean, this is one of those things. I don't know how much control the school board really has over yeah. it because it's, it's city inflation. And I'm 
you know, call me selfish. I'm not willing to drive and commute an hour away from where I no, work. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, no. for a lot of people, they're like, oh, you wouldn't do that. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to. I don't want to. And I don't think that that's a reasonable request. Just because we live in this like weird point in time where everyone's okay with that. It doesn't mean it is okay. Like I like living in the neighborhood that I work in. I like having an invested interest and building and contributing towards this community. So, and the well. people who are educating your children, I think, should be able to live in the neighborhood or at least in like the general area. Right. You are listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brendan Pickett here with Kelsey Donegan, Philip El Castro, and Dr. Anna Margiata. One um, of my uh, one of my notes that I took here, very very seriously is mixed use schools everyone lives at school treebeard either loves or hates it <laughs> because it's less buildings but one much larger building Ooh. so i mean should we just have all the teachers and students just live on top of the school so we get we've solved the bus problem right <laughs> so don't hey we don't have any bus drivers don't worry about it just walk downstairs teachers we have like the subsidized rent because we live inside of the school we should have like school colonies yeah yeah and, and then we'll live underground we'll <laughs> dig tunnels no i'm thinking like domed cities oh yeah like, okay. this, is, this is the school zone yeah we've been watching a lot of mandalorian these domed cities yeah, are great. Yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> and then we turn into mega city one from judge dread <laughs> so donnegan what were you coming to school board at uh i brought up class sizes and i brought uh many other counties have it where they they do the meeting and then before public common opens teachers have an opportunity to come yeah. talk and the facial expressions oh, and yeah. The, oh yes oh yeah what was the and, what's the name of the other episode incoming eye roll or something uh, <laughs> approaching, approaching eye, eye roll status. status oh yeah yeah this was we've we've reached the we've completed the approach <laughs> so it's just been happening so much that i yeah i needed i felt like it needed to be addressed that some of the school board members just openly roll their eyes at things people the public are saying to them and like you're you were elected no one made you run for this position. <laughs> yeah. And finally, I would like to also address the behavior of some of the school board members at these meetings. You are incredibly visible on this board and as elected officials are both highly influential and very open to scrutiny. Members from all degrees of the political spectrum speak at these meetings, and I have noticed two members rolling their eyes at many of the speakers. These members have rolled their eyes at me before, and I don't believe I've said anything particularly aggressive or controversial. It feels disrespectful both to your position and to everyone who takes their time to come out to these meetings. Thank you again for your time. I hope you all have a great night. You ran a whole campaign to be able for these people to come talk to you about their problems. And I don't care if I completely disagree with everything they're saying. I don't care if what they're saying is so unintelligible that I can't agree or disagree with it. It's you were elected to listen to that and take it sincerely. So the fact that you're sitting there and rolling your eyes at what people are saying is... I don't know. It's disrespectful to them. It's disrespectful to our whole democratic process. It's disrespectful to the seat you campaign to get. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an excellent transition to our next segment, which is looking at the highlights of this school board Mm. episode. Oh, man. A lot of people were attacking two specific school board members about their conduct recently outside and inside the school board. You had mentioned that there were school board members who were rolling eyes at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our executive director, Lindsay, she actually called him out, too, because of uh, recent Facebook uh, post leaks of these school board members 
actively talking about Pinellas County school teachers and like talking poorly about them. Uh, Believe it or not, and I'm sure this will come as a surprise to some of you I regularly work with, I almost never plan to speak in these meetings. While listening tonight, I was also informed of and sent screenshots of two sitting board members, Don Peters, but primarily Stephanie Meyer, participating in and accusing in making accusations against PCSB teacher Brant Robinson in a private Facebook group of the Pinellas County chapter of Moms for Liberty. Among other slander, Mr. Robinson in this group is called a loser, a predator, a groomer, with comments and likes from Miss Meyer and Miss Peters. Yeah, it was in a Facebook group called Pinellas Moms for Liberty or oh, yeah. something like that oh, that yeah. they were in. Um, and someone had posted a TikTok that Brant had made. Um, and there was just a series of comments, inappropriate comments in there that uh, they were interacting with. They were adding comments. They were liking things. They were just jealous that Brant can twerk harder than anybody else on that <laughs> school board. You but, know, but the general vibe of like the thing was that like, oh, look at this person who is like a predator or whatever they call him a predator yeah Yeah, they they called him a loser um told me get a haircut too yeah which is like such a sweet man yeah he's so (laughs) nice like it's uh, it's wild and they also they said oh we should like it it was so conniving they were like we should show up last minute to his classroom additionally they threatened to weaponize classroom visits which brant has repeatedly invited them to make Spoiler alert, Miss Peters canceled her planned visit before 5 a.m. the day of. This is a man who at every school board meeting says, my door is open to anyone who wants to come in and watch any of my classes if you want to sit in. They specifically say in the comment section they would love to sit in his classroom all day and wait for him to screw up so they can throw him under the bus. Beautiful. But but we know there's not enough bus drivers, so they can't even do it. (laughs) What bus are you going to throw him under? Yeah, good luck. (laughs) <laughs> one of the one of the new 90 bus stops i guess right yeah they're like brand we're gonna bring you to an arterial stop just so we can run you over <laughs> but your mom's gonna have to drive you yeah but i'd like to add a union perspective on miss myers and miss peters participation and encouragement of harassment of a longtime devoted employee of pinellas county schools your employee this actually violates numerous provisions of our pcta instructional contract and multiple pcsb policies You may look forward to our grievances, formal complaints, and every other avenue of advocacy PCTA can provide on Brant's behalf. We await your response publicly, equal to the harassment to which Mr. Robinson has been subjected, yet he persists. Okay. It's exactly like Twilight. So Stephanie Meyer and the Sparkling Vampires, Don Peters and the Werewolves. (laughs) And then in the middle, looking from side to side. Is Bella. While this was happening, yeah, it's so people breaking are, dawn, people are name dropping at these two people, and the what's the school members are looking at each other, side eyeing each other, like like smiling and like laughing about it. It was actually kind of awesome. Playing the curb your enthusiasm theme. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Watching these two school members get dragged through the mud, and then having school board members just eating it up. Yeah, Lindsay did great. Lindsay oh did God. a really good job. But what were our rest of our highlights? Um, the Moms for Liberty getting up and leaving right when public comments started. They like wrapped up mm-hmm. and they all together stood up and walked out. It was yeah. really good. It was pretty well choreographed. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did a little like tap shuffle <laughs> out the door. Yeah. They left one of their dudes behind. He was like the Jesus guy. He's the biggest cross on his neck ever. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys ever see him. 
know. Yeah, he has like these awesome sideburns, and he has like the biggest cross ever. And he, he usually talks, but he didn't talk. I thought he isn't he a bus driver? I think I've seen him talk before. I don't think he's a bus driver. He hangs oh. out with the Moms for Liberty. Hmm. Yeah, he stuck around, but he didn't talk. He just left later. Maybe mm-hmm. he's getting intel. Yeah. Um, I just have a second highlight that I remembered was sure. a Treebeard calling DeSantis Death Santis. <laughs> <Not good. laughs> well, I think it's good. We're going into Treebeard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark Lutho Largo. So our man Mark Lutho is there and we learned that he truly is Treebeard yeah. and he is truly on no one's side. <laughs> we, we got we, called we, out. The future's dim. The sad fact is there's never been a peep from the teachers to say, why not give our students the high-performance passive solar building that's the healthy environment, a better learning environment? They've never spoken a word. That's a sad commentary. Yeah, so incredible. He, he said this, and... I was only thinking Ents, and there's this one quote from the Lord of the Rings where it's either Merry or Pippin. They're asking Treebeard, "Well, don't aren't you worried about Mordor? Aren't you worried about Sauron and like coming in and destroying all the trees?" And Treebeard says, "Side, I am on nobody's side because nobody is on my side, little hog." Nobody cares for the woods anymore. I am not altogether on anybody's side because nobody's altogether on my side. If you understand me, no one cares for the woods as I care for them. Not even the elves nowadays. And we can replace elves with teachers. Yeah. Because he straight up was calling out teachers and saying, no, no teachers ever stood up for this cause. So what are they doing? What are they doing? He hates buildings. I I, I have another Clutho quote here. It's dumb, stupid buildings. (laughs) Dumb, stupid buildings. I love him. I wasn't even I, mad. Yeah. I, I wasn't even mad. He was like yelling at us. I was like, that's no. my highlight. So, so Emily Greist, uh, of she's been, appeared on the podcast. She's at the HCTA over in um, Tampa. Uh, she she comes out to our meetings every once in a while, and we all owe her a favor to go out to one of the mm-hmm. Hillsborough ones. And she had never seen Treebeard before, and she's a, also a big Lord of the Rings fan. And we've been telling her about this guy. For, for a long time and she finally got to see him she's like oh my god he is treebeard live <laughs> here in the bark <laughs> in the most treebeard fashion i've seen him in yeah yeah she, i did give him a nod when i walked in i was like treebeard she, uh she keeps <laughs> trying to read his shirt you guys notice that he he wears the same trump shirt every time know your parasites mm-hmm. know your parasites yeah and she kept trying to read it and i said you know i it took me about four school board meetings before i could actually read what it said and it's not funny it's it's like the punchline doesn't land at all. What? And she's, and she's like, what is it? I, I said, it's basically the the joke is that Trump is a parasite. She's like, is that it? I'm like, yeah, that's it's, it. It's not like a pun or anything. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should get him. We should get him somebody who knows how to sew or like a fresh shirt. We should get him on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and like 15 people at the school board kept saying that joke to me. You should get him on the podcast. And I'm like, it's not, not, a, joke. not a joke. I want to get him on the podcast. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> I would love I to have Mark out. Luther to sit here and yell at me about how I'm not doing anything about the stupid building. Does he live in a building? Do we know? No. <laughs> I mean, we need electricity for this. <laughs> no, I bet his building's really smart. 
it doesn't face the sun at yeah. all. <laughs> I mean, he does bring up valid points. No, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Why are we not right. building more into our environment? I mean, and if we've learned anything about Florida infrastructure at all, it was those buildings are certainly built incorrectly. So <laughs> yeah. All right, and then finally, I guess my highlight was just Paula Stevens. Hey, Paula Stevens. This is kind of a based award, but like you're based. Um, she brought props. And she gave a real, uh, in real time, a demonstration of what yeah. it's like to scan your books and like how, yeah. how busted it is. And at the end, she's basically like, if you guys have extra time, I'll see you at the school. And I yeah. was like, that's pretty awesome. That's good. I'm actually glad that I'm following um, Tracy McConnell because I just want to give you kind of a little demonstration of the classroom scanning system. So now comes the fun part. And you get your handy dandy scanner. You plug it in. And it's gonna beep, and then you just go. Whoops! Whoop! Wait! Can't can't scan yet. I gotta go in here and tell it that I'm adding books. She was texting in the group chat about like, should I do like, uh, should I do this? I was like, yes. Do a bit. Always do a yes. bit. Yes. The bit. Yes. Do yeah. props. Always props. Props kill. Props slay at this venue. So I'm gonna like, bring a watermelon and a hammer next time. <laughs> people probably don't like know, right? Like we have to scan all of our books now. Oh, like, yeah. like it's because of all of this. Like I don't know the stop woke, an, the, stop woke yeah. the anti woke stuff. We have to scan in. I mean, you guys do. I know nothing about it, but you got to scan in all your books. You have to scan in all your specimens. You have to scan every mm-hmm. bone, every paramecium. <laughs> bone. <laughs> I mean, personally, I I have used it to stop a lot of woke so far. Yeah, right. (laughs) So with that, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to do our base award, guys. So stick around. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz off the streets well unfortunately aziz will always be on the streets he yearns for the streets but your support will go towards producing high quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now your support helps us keep gas in the tank food on our tables and our classrooms full of pencils and paper we all know educators all over america undervalued and underpaid help us mooks like me continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals Hey guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's Public Schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F-Y-R-E, pod at gmail.com. Additionally, We encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. You can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So 
take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. And we're back. So we're going to begin our BASED Awards. So my BASED Award goes to one of my students who is like one of my most favorite students who is like really engaging with the material all the time and he asks questions and he does classwork. Um, And I am awarding this to him today because we had a... um, a moving up ceremony. It was very nice. It took up third through fifth. And um, I decided to actually do work in my class with my students. Uh, They seem to expect to not do any work after getting back from the ceremony thing, but that wasn't my plan. Um, So my fifth period was just like really rowdy, a little bit extra annoying and hard to get on task. Um, But I did eventually get them to do notes and some practice problems. And I was like, okay, I'm all done. I'm going to put these practice problems up for you to work on. And then just the student at the end, just thank you, Dr. Adam. Thank you so much. Like just so sweet at the end after a very frustrating class, like trying to get them under control after like a disruption in their day. Um, But yeah, he's just always so good. And he just made my fifth period a little bit easier. It was nice. Is this the kid I think you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. My base award was after the school board meeting. We all went out to our favorite spot, and uh, my wife's grandfather came with us. And he said to me, because he was hanging out with us, he's at the end of the table just laughing at everything we're saying. He's like, You know, you guys are really cool. <laughs> That's pretty based. <laughs> I don't know why. He, he was really cool. He is, yeah. <laughs> It's, it is I, uh, I it's just very funny because he's he's come out with us before like for events and stuff where have where have we seen him I, i've met him before oh he went to the school musical okay yeah um so like it is just cool that he just kind of like hangs out with us and he's like a huge fan of the podcast he's probably listening to this right now um and jim ahern if you're listening you're extremely based yeah, yeah. we and love you we yeah, do no, love you jim. I, I really it was great meeting you he always leaves comments on like your facebook posts and he stuff does. he's like a huge he's like super fan jim ahern oh my god we have two super fans yeah we, we should get him on the podcast jim you want to be on the podcast i've been asking him i want him to do like a voice recording okay yeah because he's he's a union guy guys he's a post office guy in oh, his union yeah Yep. Super bass. Super bass. I was thinking we need a soundboard button for like a bass, bass. That's like a, <laughs> yeah. a specific fire podcast based. He could do it. Oh, yeah. Gym mm. based. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be honored. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I do want to say that we have our new place is not the place that we went to last time where I accidentally left my car on and running the entire yeah, we time. Didn't, we didn't go to Sharky's. We didn't go to Sharky's. Um, but the new place and like, I'm, I will say I'm comfortable putting this on air. Yeah. Go ahead. Does, does the new place that we go to make everybody else have to go to the bathroom immediately or just me? Yeah. I, th- I, th- yeah, I threw up the next day. Oh, okay, I was we're... fine. Really? <laughs> You're just eating poison all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Got a steel, baby. Right, yeah. Steel wool stomach. I, that's that's interesting. No, I mean I only had beer this time, but um, I had I the food before. I've got like the food there. No, I do too. I yeah. it's not a complaint. Yeah, it was tasty. Yeah, I, I've gotten <laughs> different things there every time, and every single time there's I got to start like a forty five minute stopwatch. And I'm like I have to be home soon. <laughs> it's wonderful. That that place was the place I used to underage drink with my Olive Garden crew back in the day. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Sick. I go way back at that place. <laughs> we don't condone that. 
Oh yeah, kids, if you're listening, don't don't underage drink. Yeah, don't work at Olive Garden either. Yeah, definitely don't do that. That's the biggest one. <laughs> Maybe we should just make Olive Garden our new place. <laughs> what's the what's the actual company? Like it is an awful company. But Darden? Darden restaurant? Darden. Yeah. 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 Is this gonna be me exposing Olive Garden? Because I can go on. <laughs> I yeah, no, let's just turn this whole podcast into like a Darden Darden deep dive. Oh yeah, I was yeah. Part, I was part of a Darden class action lawsuit too. I can go into that. Oh heck yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a whole new podcast. Yeah, spin-off podcast. <laughs> yeah, spin-off pod. Let's hear about my old Olive Garden life. What is it? The Darden tapes? The Darden days. The Darden days, <laughs> yeah. My base award goes to Leonora Lapeter Anton. Um, she is a Tampa Bay Times writer. And uh, she communicate. She contacted me through, actually, Shannon Vincent. I'm not really sure how she and Shannon know each other because I thought they were friends. But they, they just somehow, I don't know, whatever. I ended up fielding the call. Um, but Leonora has been writing this article about me for like a month now. And it might even be out by the time this episode airs. I have no idea. It's in the Tampa Bay Times. Um, I forgot what she called it, but they do like profiles of individuals. And sometimes it's on the front page. Sometimes it's a little bit further back. Uh, but she's she's got this thousand word kind of profile about me. And I spoke to her before we started recording. And she said it was kind of funny because I, I sort of like handed her the story because me and Aziz met her at the Museum of Motherhood with some of our students. And she said she was saying how she walked in and I'm wearing like a pregnancy vest. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, come on in. So like I'm just chatting about her wearing a pregnancy vest mm-hmm. and uh, my students are there and we're all just talking. She's like, this is like this is the whole story. So um, it, it was cool that it, it worked out and we've been communicating over the phone and she's interviewed me in person a couple of times. Um, and she read me most of the article earlier today, and it sounds like it's going to be kind of neat. Uh, so I'm excited about it, and it's it's not really about the podcast. We've been getting a lot of press about the podcast specifically, and this one is just kind of just a profile of a teacher, just kind of what's going on right now these days and what goes through our minds day to day, and it just happens to be me. That's really cool. It's pretty based. No, you're yeah. you're a great person for that to focus on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty I think I'm a pretty great person to be focused on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> my my base award has to go out to uh St. Pete High teacher Tracy Kime and the anonymous cl- closeteer closed closeteer. Uh, that donated the Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville bike. It was bicycle. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um that uh, I won in a contest. And like, what, what's weird is, and I'm sure I should have said something before the fact, because now, no, you know, no one's going to believe this. But as soon as that first email came out that was like, hey, you could win this bike. Just enter your info here. Something in my brain went, you're going to win that. <laughs> like, just enter it and you will win that bike. There's no question about it. Was, it. it was your cancer moon. <laughs> so luck of the irish that's what that's, it feels like and i do have a little bit of a weird luck with i've won incubus tickets through a radio before i've won a gold playstation 4 from taco bell i yeah i win contests wait you won a playstation yeah. from taco Can bell we go yeah. back to that for a second <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like one of like six thousand gold ps4s do you still uh, have it yeah that's kind of awesome oh yeah it's great I want to come over to your house and play your PlayStation. I, please I have one. It's right there. Do. But, uh, but it's not yeah. gold. It's not, it's you just not as Take good. some Benadryl no. first. Yeah. Speaking of restaurants that give people <laughs> diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I would like to send out a very gracious thank you to Tracy Kime and the anonymous donor. Based. Yeah. So when are we going bike riding? We got to have a, a fire podcast it's bike really ride. It's really fun to ride. That's yeah. the other. Yeah. 
getting to write i was talking to aguilar about this and i was saying like if you had told me one year ago that today i would be teaching at st pete high in one year you're going to be teaching at st pete high and riding a margaritaville bike around the second floor of this yeah around a historic campus. <laughs> people drive past fifth avenue all the time and look at our building and they say i would love to ride a margaritaville bicycle <laughs> yeah. through those halls that's it's, the dream it's a really nice bike i didn't know it was on my bucket list but you know yeah. now it's right crossed off <laughs> I rode it around too. It's it's great. It's a great cruiser. It's got a. It has a really cute uh, squeaky toy parrot right. on yeah. the front of it that I need to name right now. I'm thinking Iago, but mm. uh, it could change. Jimmy. I do think. I do think we should maybe Florida should just perpetually have Jimmy Buffett be um, its governor. Yeah, it, it's not an electable position, it's, and like. It's like the Amarlin seat in Wheel of Time, where it it whenever that person dies, the next person just becomes Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> oh. I thought you were gonna say we should have just Jimmy Buffett playing in the background mm-hmm. in all of Florida. Also, yeah, that, yeah. on speakers. That. that is the case. I mean, have you been to Key West? Yeah. <laughs> Florida is actually just five o'clock all the time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's our time zone. <laughs> I honestly don't know why you brought that bike home. You should have just rode it around school every day. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna get around my classroom now yeah. <laughs> from just one end of the room they're gonna turn their assignments into the basket in the front of the bike <laughs> and then you'll awkwardly like waddle it all the way around to go back <laughs> you refuse to reverse it you have to turn it over yeah yeah <laughs> well i think that's gonna be the show today guys all right um so thank you again for listening to pcta's fire podcast i'm brennan i'm kelsey i'm philip i'm kelsey i'm sorry can we do that again i'm sorry i i, I he messed up his own name. Well, I'm guilty. Well, thank you for listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brandon. I am Kelsey. I'm Flurp. <laughs> and I'm Dr. Anna. <laughs> thank you guys. Have a great day. Peace out. <laughs> Goodbye. Summer is on the horizon, but we would still like to remind our listeners that the school board will continue to meet on May 9th, June 27th, and July 11th at 10 a.m., as well as June 13th at 5 p.m. You might be thinking, gee, that's a lot of early meeting times. But this is definitely the norm here in Pinellas. Help us by going out and speaking against this to have the school board conduct its business when the working public is free to voice their concerns. It's vital for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and advocate for public education. Your voice and presence can play a significant role in shaping the future of education and improving our community. A special thank you to Philip Bel Castro for providing our theme music and Artifact for adding some great tracks into our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. We also want to express our gratitude to... Radio St. Pete for airing our podcast, Jamie Beck, Brian Bowden, Nancy Villardi, Lee Bryant, and all of our supporters from the education community, as well as our new monthly listener, Jacob Albert. Your support and dedication has been instrumental into getting the word out and reaching new listeners. That's all for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. Have a great day, guys.